OpenAI adds updated internet data to ChatGPT. Amazon doubles down on robotics to make its deliveries even faster. And new VR headsets are causing the return of the glass hole. Those stories and more on this episode of Today in Tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. The man behind the screens in the corner is Chris. Hello, Chris. Hey, what's up? All right. So we have it's been a while. So let's catch up on some news. Uh, The chat GPT uh, company, OpenAI, uh, formally launched its Internet browsing feature to chat GPT. This was about three weeks after reintroducing the feature in beta after several months in hiatus. Uh, Basically, the big the big dig against ChatGPT was all of its data was uh, current up to September 2021. So anything that had happened in the world after September 2021, it, the the AI didn't know what to do with that. So you couldn't go on to ChatGPT and ask it like, "Hey, who won the Super Bowl in yeah. you know 2022 or 2023?" It was like I, I think, don't, the, I I think this know. is it in action right here. Yeah, what it, you, I can't see that, but you you tell me what what oh, it looks it, like. It's oh, just, it's just oh a, okay, that's yeah, the screenshot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like a video. Um, so, you know, it was basically useless as a real-term search engine, real-time search engine. And meanwhile, Microsoft integrated it into Bing uh, with the help of OpenAI. So most of the powered by Bing stuff that you can go, you can get search engine results powered by Gen AI and Bing. And then Google came out with Bard. And so it, it felt like for a while that ChatGPT itself was a little bit behind the times. But now they've... They figured all this stuff out, and they're now adding it in. So if you were only going to ChatGPT, you can now be as current as everybody else. Right. Um, so I, I, I just think it was interesting. Also, you can um, it will now adhere to site owners that say, don't crawl me in the robots.txt file. So if you have content that you don't want the, the AI to learn, uh, to put into its its own large language model, you can now, it, it'll it'll... You just say, don't crawl me. It'll, it's almost like, yeah, don't crawl oh, me. Wow. Kind of like what Google does, too. Um, Interesting. So um, the the AI, the Gen AI stuff, I think I think it's integrating. And I think that they're eventually going to integrate Dolly 3, which is their image generating platform tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to eventually go public. I, I'm really considering paying the $20 a month to try it out because the... Um, Dolly three apparently gets numbers and letters right. Whereas before it would just, if, if like I had something like if I asked it to draw a picture of, of a podcast host with a beard uh, above a sign that says tech talk, this part right here, it would just, it wouldn't be able to say tech talk correctly. It would be like T say Y B L and, or this mishmash. Have you tried it? Have you tried it with numbers and letters and things like that? No. Okay. No, yeah. So that's so. I think it's an improvement because then you'll be able to now integrate text with the image generation features. Um, they did it with. You can see Dolly three with Bing, but it's still not as good as what you would get from Mid Journey. Hmm. And I think I'd rather just use Dolly three on my own from from ChatGPT. Um, so that's why I'm considering that. And I wish that Mid Journey would do better with letters and numbers too, but they haven't gotten there yet either. Um, I did want to bring up one point about some of these guardrails that are being put on ChatGPT. It's another anecdote. So I was looking, I, w- I was on Bard, the Google search engine the other day, 
and I was asking it for recipes for making a martini. Just some interesting... I, I wanted to see if I could make a martini with cranberry juice, for example, yeah. or something like that. And, it, and, and the guardrails wouldn't... It wouldn't let me. It, was, it just came back with the answer of, uh, I'm not designed to do that. I am not... It didn't even say that, like, oh, you're underage or, or we can't give out alcoholic well, recipes. Well, that's probably why. It, that's probably I, why. I'm convinced They're just that not going to openly say it. Yeah, maybe. like, it's, it's like if you were a, a, a teenager or younger trying to look for, you know, how do I, how do I make a Manhattan? Right. Or... Right. Uh, how do I make a cosmopolitan? And I mean, I'm, if I went to regular Google, I'll bet you I could find the recipe for that. So I don't know why they feel like ChatGPT can't tell me or create a, a drink recipe for me. I think I can go to Bing and do it. Yeah, I mean, you can you can go on the internet and ask it anything, and you'll you'll be able to find an answer. But I think it's just they're just trying to be safe. I, I think. think they're just trying to be over yeah overly cautious. So yeah. Um, so that was the big news from OpenAI. I think that that will put them back. I mean, there are people that probably still think that they are the top provider right now of all of these Gen AI tools. Open AI. Yeah. I mean... That's I, what I hear most of the news from anyway. I told you uh, I was writing like an about section. You, a, you're telling me offline, but go ahead and tell, yeah, tell, uh, tell our audience uh, of, a of website, hundreds of people. I, um, I suck at writing. I mean, I, I am not a writer. Yeah. I'm absolutely not a writer. I can't write for my life. But uh, I'm putting this website together, and I'm like, "Huh, I need to put it, and I need to write an about section." Yeah, and I'm like, I allotted a <clears throat> Sunday afternoon to do this, yep. a couple hours again, because I can't write. Right. I maybe will write one word a minute, or one word uh, five minutes, whatever. Very, 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 very slowly. And um, I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what all the commotion is about with. ChatGPT, and yep. I decided to put in a, did a you, prompt. Did you use it from the actual ChatGPT OpenAI site? So you yeah. Have, the, you, you got an account with them? and Yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Open, open up an account. Okay, so you didn't necessarily need the, the, the newer data. No. Right, no, okay. No, no, no. So I put in the prompt. Uh, I'm like, okay, um, this company does this, 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 and we provide this. And I hit enter, and it... it Put out like a eight paragraph mission statement. Yeah, of what we do, who we are, and why we why we do the, the things that we do. Right for this website. Right, right. And um, yeah, I was blown away. So I looked at the rest of my day, and I'm like, well, I have <laughs> two <laughs> hours and forty five minutes left that I allotted myself to do this. So I, I can kind of do whatever I want now. But it took, now you did read it through it. Seconds. You did read through it and edit it and change some things because. I saw it. I saw the, the the output, and it did repeat itself a, a couple of times. Yeah, like I, I removed some stuff yeah. that I didn't I didn't want in there, and yeah. But for the most part, it was like very very usable. But after having done that, it does make me think that if it pulled this information from someone else or from some other place, I, from some other website, because again, it was very well tailored, yeah. almost as if it. Came it came from another website or something. But you, but the the site that you were building was not a generic site either. Well, it was it was pretty specific to it's it's a service. It's it's you know providing service, yeah providing right? video, video production, production service, service but so that, on a specific topic too. Yeah, but that's not too far out, right? It, right. It, it could be generic. Some of it is generic. I mean, video production in general is, yeah. is a generic service, right? People can provide, but. I don't know. It, I mean, it, I was I was shocked. I was I was really surprised at how well 
it was put together. So plus the yeah. speed. I mean, I think the speed is always impressive. Couple seconds. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you can see it in real time. It's just populates the screen, and there you go. Yeah, I mean, I've, I was still having it write creative backstories for some of my Dungeons and Dragons characters, and the stuff it came up with was pretty cliched. Yeah, and formulaic, which means they you know they probably scanned from how many how many hundreds of movie th- plots and books that, and that's things how like I that. would that's how I would describe it yeah like the results that we got yeah although it's very well written at the same time it did seem very like I've seen this somewhere so. temp, temp template-ish yeah like from a template yeah, yeah. or from a formulaic uh, approach right um, but if you can add your voice to that then you've made it better right and then it feels more unique yeah. But that's what we've been saying all along with a lot of these things. It it might not it might not win the Pulitzer Prize for creative writing, but it could help you get a, a, a jump job done. On stuff. It gets the job done. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So speaking of speed, I wanted to bring up this other story. Uh, Amazon uh, has launched a new array of AI and robotics capabilities into its warehouse operations. Uh, it's it's doing this to try to reduce delivery times and help identify inventory more quickly. And uh, basically, it's going to change the way that Amazon moves products through its fulfillment centers with new AI-equipped sortation machines and robotic arms. It is also set to alter how many of the company's vast army of workers do their jobs. They've said they're not getting rid of people for this, but that basically people will be doing the things that robots can't. And so don't worry like this is not a robots versus jobs versus AI kind of a story. Yeah. what I'm going to tell you what Amazon was doing in their warehouses. So the, the, in 2015, they bought a company called Kiva systems and Kiva systems had these little small portable mobile robots that were about this high and they have wheels on them. And what they would do was they have a, a, a little li- a hydraulic lift thing that, that lifts up and picks up this large rack of products. So you imagine a column of like, see your, your, um, your rack over here. Right. So shrink that by half. And then you've got like six or seven bins stacked up. Mm-hmm. So what these would do is that in a warehouse, the, these mobile robots would go and pick up one of these and then it would deliver it to someone who then picks the item and then packs it into a box. And so, and then the mobile robot would go back to the area until someone orders, you know, until the next order that has one of those products in it. And, and those, those have been pretty successful, but now they're taking an approach of, uh, more of a warehouse where these robot arms are going to be picking the products and then the, the carts are going to be moved on a, on a conveyor and, and you're Then it's going to get you know yeah. stored and then the robot is going to pick up the cart right. and, and put it away. So I think that humans will still be involved in the packing part of it. Although I think they're looking at some options there on, on packing because that is still a, a uh, a trick for some a lot of these robot arms. People can still pick items and pack them faster than a robot can. But for the sortation and the and the delivery from the the warehouse area or the storage area to the the main the main part, it's still going to be. Uh, it's right. now it's now a new design for for Amazon. Well, so this is something they've obviously have already been doing, utilizing robots and stuff. They're just doing it more. They're just yeah, and and yeah. the interesting part for my brain was that it feels like they're doubling down on uh, the speed of delivery as the most important part of uh, the online commerce transaction for mm-hmm. a lot of people. 
I, we put a, I put a question on our poll about what is more important to you, whether speed or uh, price is more important. Let me see if I can bring I'd that say, up. I'd say price. You say price. Personally. personally. Yeah, and, and, and I say, I, I, as, I as well, I think price is a little bit more important. I mean, haven't, haven't Amazon's prices, shipping prices gone up? Well, that's, that's part of the whole lawsuit that the FTC is, is claiming that they're using its monopoly power to keep the prices a lot higher. Yeah. Uh, whereas then Amazon says, well, we're facing pricing uh, challenges from companies uh, like um, she, uh, Shein and Timu in China, or those China-based e-commerce sites. Uh, so that's, that's where I think we're at now. Uh, let me just check something from our... Uh, all right. What when online shopping? What is more important to you? And I gave people two choices: price or speed of delivery. Price seventy five percent, speed of delivery twenty five percent. So in this case, it feels like Amazon doubling down on speed, speed of delivery might not make a difference to a lot of it's people. Not. You know, remember that purple hoodie I had on a couple of shows ago, where it was the guy from One Piece. Mm-hmm. That was I ordered that from Timu. Uh, again, Timo is this rabbit hole of weird, weird products. It's like a premium version of Wish. I don't know if you've ever seen Wish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Of it. So what Timo does is it's promising really, really low prices because they're all using vendors from China and Japan and Asia. And, but you have to be willing to wait two weeks to get the items. Yeah, but also, I mean, I, I, I felt that sweatshirt. I, feel, <laughs> I mean, that was like yes, tissue it was paper. Also, it was I mean, also a tissue paper hoodie. Because I, I, I feel like you're also going to compromise on quality, I think. A depending, little bit. Depending on the product. A but little bit. I that mean, that sweatshirt was, yeah. yikes. But if you don't care, I mean, it was for me, it was more of, I don't necessarily care about quality. I haven't washed it yet, so we'll see if it, if it survives uh, a washing machine mm-hmm. visit and journey. Um, I should have added, actually, maybe I'll add I'll do another poll and add quality of the products too well that would also depend on the company they buy the products from right 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 because amazon's just a vendor at that point for well, the most part for the most part and and again amazon has now added all of their third-party marketplace people and, and you know that's part of what that lawsuit was about was are they charging these vendors you know you got to pay to play you got to pay uh, money to us so that we put your products in our search engine higher up than, yeah. than what they do with other products. Yeah. Um, b- there are times when I'm shopping on Amazon and the f- after I do my search for whatever product I'm looking for, I will then hit the prime button and have it sort out all of the, the vendors that can't deliver the one day or two day delivery. Because mm-hmm. at that point I've made up my mind, I want it faster. But for some, for, but for, I don't know, maybe cheap impulse buys that I, I don't care about when I get that item, as long as it's before a certain date, you know, I'm willing to wait a couple of weeks if, if I can get yeah. five to $10 or even more off of that. Yeah. Cheap, cheap, like that sweatshirt cheap. was 12 bucks where right. I'm paying 25 to 30 for, you know, one of these types of hoodies. Yeah. Cheap impulse buys, Keith. Are you telling us you're a hoarder? I'm not. Well, <laughs> the, if you ever came to my house, you would think we were, but um, it's not I'm necessarily me. Um, I, I, so, so, you don't feel the same way that I do about Amazon potentially making a mistake by doubling down on speed. I mean, I think they're, they're shipping I, is fast enough. Like, I don't think they, they're just trying to, they're just trying to increase their profits by making it faster. 
Their profit margins they're not, they're are, not gonna, are surprisingly lower than you would think. I, I, I don't think they're going to gain. They're not. They're they're not going to gain that much from it. I mean, what? They're not going to decrease their their shipping prices. You think? You think they would decrease their shipping cost if they could speed up? Well, they always they kind of pass it along through this Amazon Prime membership, so you don't necessarily think about the shipping costs. True. Yeah, that's true. that's right. That's they they right. sort of hidden those fees. If you got rid of Amazon Prime and then started paying again for shipping, you might realize. Yeah, you're right. How you're expensive right. it is. Yeah. Um, and it's it's never it's never the it's never the mid part of the journey or even the first. It, it's that last mile. Yeah. It's that, you know, it's so if, if I live in Central Mass, there's a distribution center somewhere that they're hoping the product comes from. It's because they want to spread out these distribution centers so that if I order a, a hoodie from Amazon, they're hoping that it's located at this center in Central Massachusetts rather than the one that's in South Carolina. Um, that's where it gets tricky is where do you put the product and that that's where they've got data and analytics and they know that people in the north uh, east are probably going to order more hoodies than in south carolina so the hoodies you know they move the hoodies to the to the cold areas and things like that that's just one example yeah no it definitely gets into uh logistics it's a lot of logistics <laughs> that I, that's a great I, I don't point, know man. that much of but you're probably right you're, you're probably right all right, so let's uh, let's move on to another topic. Uh, we're we're still I can't believe that this story is even uh, still exists. <sighs> Wall Street Journal, the the bastion of of trying to get people back into an office. Oh, uh, it's that that story. Yes, yeah, this is the come in three days or just quit. Some companies are giving remote workers an ultimatum. Um, we've covered this ad nauseum. I'm kind of sick of this this topic, but um, it is very interesting to see. The pendulum swing back and forth between I, employees yeah. and employers. It's, it's it's interesting to see companies put their foot down. Well, yes, I I, I know that you are that sure. you're in favor of people coming back to the office. Well, at yeah. least at least three days a week. At least three days, but I mean, we have to be honest with ourselves. I I just feel like this is gonna this is the reality. Yeah, it's gonna be fifty fifty. So what's interesting? So video game company Roblox on Tuesday gave most of its employees an ultimatum: start working in the office three days a week, or take a severance package. So the 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 gauntlet has been dropped, or the gauntlet has been dropped. Right. And so any of these these tactics of okay, we're going to get tough. Okay, we're going to get tough. And then companies decided, well, we're not going to get that tough. Now they now apparently they are. And when you read the story, you see all the different companies that um, where they've been able to track uh, who's who's forcing pe- people. So they started with Roblox because that was the most recent memo. Um, and you got Amazon, Amazon, uh, Apple, Apple, Google. Google. Um, for some reason, Grinder. <laughs> Which, yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, which is finance, and and that's where my mortgage is. And Meta, Facebook, uh, Tesla, SpaceX, obviously, because Elon doesn't believe in remote work, apparently. So, a I mean, lot of these are tech yeah. companies that are that are doing this, and they they still f- and they feel that having employees in give you gives you that collaboration, teamwork, seeing people. Et cetera, et cetera, right. et cetera. I mean, there's 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 pros and cons to working in office and working at home, and I think there are certain jobs that rely more on you being in person than not. And for the companies, like I said, for the companies that are putting their foot down and, and having people 
uh, come back into work. It's like, okay, that, that's, that's good. And for the people who don't want to, it's like, well, find another job. I, I don't know. Yeah. But there are the trend towards companies, even allowing remote or full-time remote work in their new hires is going away. I think most of the jobs that you see, they're going to be hybrid. They might be hybrid or they might just say, no, you got to be in the office or you have to be at least three days a week. Right. Um, I did. So earlier this month, uh, I was in on Wednesdays. So I did, I did an event here on, uh, I think it was October 4th or was it last week? It was last week where I came in and I hosted a virtual AI summit for, uh, our events group. And, the additional one day, so the commute on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, it wiped me out. I do like having that Wednesday where I, I work at home. Um, so I'm, I'm more of a two-day or a two-and-a-half-day type of person. Yeah. Um, but again, it's because of this. The, the, the most irritating thing for me right now is the commute. It's just with more and more people coming back, the bad commute that we had pre-pandemic, is, is, it's just bad. Even today, I mean, to, this is a Thursday that we're recording this. It was an hour because there was an accident on the Mass Pike, and that slows everything yeah. down. Could you imagine what traffic was like pre-pandemic? I, I remember, well, like from, from where I lived to where I, we are now, mm-hmm. yeah, it was probably a full hour well, at I least. Think, I think our perception would be different because I think if we, because like traffic back then, it was just normal. It was just normal, and, and you kind of, you know, you acclimate to it, right? But since we've had all this time of working at home, and now we're looking back, you know what I mean? Now we're like, oh, wow, the traffic's bad. It's like, well, we probably would think differently if we asked our our, our younger self pre-pandemic. I, I think they probably would say, oh, it's it's not that bad. Yeah. I don't know. You know what I mean? The best part of stories like this are when you go to the comment section of the of the um of the Wall Street Journal. Oh, for sure. And so the first the one that's most likely after you know for the the top comment for most liked. Uh now I know which companies to never work for. And then and someone replies and which will never hire you. And then you know it's just like yeah. oh my god, it's just like this back and forth. You know, comment threads should just go away. I mean, it's entertaining for me as a as a reader. Right. But for the most part, it's just people bickering with each other. Right. Yeah. And I mean, some of these people's takes like, you know, like my, my gut response, the bosses feel less secure when they can't see the people who work for them. I would say, no, I think they're concerned about the company's progress and, and how they're going to operate when everybody's working from home. I think there's a, a natural, um, how would, how would I say like nervousness? You know what I mean? Cause I, I think they're just thinking about themselves when, when you have the CEOs and the C-suite level people thinking about the company. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, and then, so speaking of the Wall Street Journal, there's another story that was, that, that came out this week, which is again, another head scratcher. So um, this was in there, I think their, their workplace section. Uh, so the quote is, I just wasn't in the mood to work. American employees are reinventing the sick day. Actually, that was the, the that was a, a revised headline. The, the initial one was bosses have a problem. People are actually using sick days. Uh, do you have that? Do you have that up on your, your screen? Uh, this one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 
U.S. workers have long viewed an unwillingness to take sick days as a badge of honor. Uh, workers are now caring much less about that these days. The number of sick days Americans take annually has soared since the pandemic. Uh, and this is according to employee payroll data. Uh, COVID-19 and a rise in illnesses such as RSV, which can require days away from work, are one reason. Managers and human resources executives also attribute the jump to a bigger shift in the way many Americans relate to their job. So you can see there, um, the little chart there, are, are, the, are the types of employees who took sick leave. And you can see that in 2020, it was down because here's the funny part. Everyone was at home right. during the most of the pandemic. And so, of course, you're not taking sick days because you're already home. Well, it's also, I would also argue some of that would be also vacation time. Because again, if you're home, you're home. I feel like people would be using less vacation time as well. Not as much as sick time. Right, right. But there should, there might be a little. little, There's an interesting part of the sick day part or the vacation part was that a lot of companies, and again, I've, I've been in the, in the workplace for uh, a few decades here, and I've seen trends in how employers are treating sick days. And I think the first job I had, you were only given three sick days, and you were given maybe two weeks of vacation, or you had to you had to work your way up to the two weeks, or you had to work your way up into the multiple ones. And then at some point, everyone said this tracking is ridiculous. Let's just give you three weeks of any time off. And then if you want to take it as a vacation, if you want to take it as a sick day, if you want to take it as a personal day, just do it. And, and you know, there were companies in the, in the early dot-com boom that didn't even track. They just said, if you don't feel like coming in, just don't come in just because, because I think they realized that they were working their employees like 50, 60, 70 hours a week anyway, and without, you know, overtime. Yeah. So they probably figured, well, we'll throw this, work whenever you feel like you need a break into that and you know touting that as a benefit but now can, I, I guess be, people are it can be abused also yes just like everything you can either take advantage of it or 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 abuse it or right. or not use it but I, I do think it was interesting that the badge of honor thing there was a, a part in that story where a guy was like you know he's a he was probably in in my age group where you were thought of if you took a sick day that you were thought of as less of an employee. Right. And so he, he would come in when he was sick or injured. And, and in the end, he got laid off anyway. And so he was like, well, now I'll just take a sick day if I'm sick or I'll, if, I'm, if I'm not feeling like it, I'll just say, yeah, I'm not going to work. So I think personally, I think I have two weeks worth of sick time. Right. Because like I, I never take a sick well, time. Well, there, and I have no need because I'm and working from home. There are companies, sometimes. there are companies that, uh, if they if if there's a union involved, where the sick days have to carry over. Yeah. And uh, my uh, my stepmother in law or my my wife's stepmother was working. She she was working for a school system, public school system. They had a union, and they had one of these things where she basically was paid seven weeks or or even like three months of sick time when she retired because it was all the stuff that had accrued because she'd never taken any of these, these sick days. So you just get this big lump of money that they have to pay you at the end. Right. Um, I, I think we had, I think IDG had a, a carryover sick day policy at one point. I think it's, or yeah. it, I don't know if you still guys, if you guys still have it or not, but I, it was like five to was. 10, it was like five extra days you could carry over. I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And so it's the floating holidays. It, you can't. It, right. You couldn't, <laughs> 
right? Floating holidays. So I think Veterans Day was a floater at one point. But again, with a with couple of, of ownership changes, I think those policies keep changing as well. But I remember thinking that I could always take those extra five days of, of sick days and eventually it turns into a week of vacation. But then, but then you would lose it if, or you, if you used it, then you were back to square one the next year. So you ended up just carrying over every year, every year, every year. And of course, by the end of the year, if you haven't used up stuff that you have to use or lose it, you get, you get people, you never see half of the people in December because right. they're all using it up. I think you're going to be in that case again I, this I ha- year. I have to. Yeah. I have to use like two weeks of my, my time off in December. Otherwise, you're going to have to you just lose it. You're so. going to have to keep that, that whole system booted up and just tell me what buttons to press and I'll just do my, my podcast by <laughs> so myself. Whole, I, and I've been doing this for five, six years Yeah, because I don't. I don't take time off. I should. I know. I need to. You, but you, is, so, is this a, is this a, is it a mental thing where you feel like you just can't relax or like, this is our therapy session here, Chris. What, I mean, why do you not take time off that, that has been given to you by your company? Well, because, well, okay. So <laughs> granted I should take I know, more time off. Right. I, I need to. I know there's, I know I one should. of the reasons. I should take more time off, but it's like when you're when you're working in, you know, your passion field, you're not really working. You're doing what you love, and this is what you so love, Chris, right? It's it's like I'm getting paid to do this, so <laughs> why do I need to take time off? I'm I'm enjoying myself, <laughs> right? So, but granted, I, I need to take more time off. I need to see the sun. I need to get out, I, walk, move I, around, see yeah, places. I, I think that now that you have a uh, you have a, a daughter. Yeah. You will start appreciating more time off than maybe you did before mm-hmm. when it was just you and your wife or if, right. you know when you were single. Um you will start appreciating sick time more just based on my experience from having the 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 kids and it was nice to be able to take the same week off that they would have off right. for uh, school vacation. Although I mean, by the time they're they're older than you want to, when they're on vacation, you want to be like, I'm going to work. I'm going. I'm going to be as far away from you guys as possible. <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. <laughs> There's a window of of four to five years when you really appreciate your kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So I guess the bottom line is, Chris, take take that time off. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm basically not going to be working in December. We want you to be stress free. You're on your own in December. Take please. a few take a few days in in November as well. Yeah. All right. So this now this this is a, a story that's true and dear to both of our hearts because we are both gamers. Uh, apparently, Netflix is now testing streaming games to US TVs to take on. Nope, that, not that one. Oh wait, did you send oh, that? Send that? I did. It's oh, it's okay, in the Slack go. channel. I got it. There we go. Uh, we we gave away our our final story. <laughs> All right, so Netflix is stream is testing streaming games to US TVs to take on PlayStation and Xbox. Oh, that's hilarious. All right. Netflix Netflix is expanding its games streaming beta to the US. The company announced in an update on a blog post. The feature which lets you play games streamed from the cloud on devices like your TV or a computer launched first in August in Canada and the UK. Uh, Netflix said that this was a limited beta test, so it seems like this won't be available to too many people in the initially. Um, like the, with the original test, there are only two games available to, to do this with, uh, a game called Oxenfree from Netflix's own night school studio and another game entitled Mole Hughes Mining Adventure. So these are not AAA titles that they're talking about yet. Um, the first thing I thought was, okay, this is, 
it, this is weird if they're not going to allow you to use a gaming controller like they did with you know with some of these other services. Um, if you do have access to the service, you what you have to do is you need to download Netflix's special controller app for your phone or Android device to play the game on your TV because nothing says more exciting controller than using your phone or a tablet. Um, and then it'll only work on select devices, including Amazon Fire TV devices, Chromecast with Google TV, Roku devices and TVs and more. And then on the web, you can play the games with a mouse and keyboard. All right, Chris, tell me why this is the world's worst idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or do you I mean, even need gonna, to? Or you, do you even need to explain? No, I mean, if if you're gonna play a game, it's either gonna be on your Xbox or PlayStation, your Switch, or a computer, or you got a PC. Yeah. Um, the only games I can think of that might be worth playing on Netflix is like a like party games, like party trivia games. Yep. Which I'm pretty sure they did have. Did they? I think they did have like a trivia. They. Game on I Netflix. think you could play on your Netflix account. You could. I think play Trivia Crack. I think that will, which is an app that you can play on your phone. Okay, okay, but uh, again, I, I think okay. Personal opinion, I think it's going to fail. Right. Again, if you want to play a game, you have your outlets for that: Xbox, Sony, Nintendo, PC. You have your outlets for that. I, I don't think. I, I don't think they're really thinking about the audience. Yeah. They're, Maybe they're thinking of just the general audience, the I think, general audience who I think aren't thinking, really gamers. I think they're thinking of that party game experience that you mentioned. Yeah, like a trivia because, you know, party. Uh, we would play, we played a bunch of uh, Jackbox games, the people that made You Don't Know Jack and those, you know, there's a bunch of fun, fun party type games that you can play there. Um, I've done this with my family, but all of us were in the same room. Uh, but there are some fun Pictionary type games that you can play, and and we 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 did this through our PlayStation. So we've got the PlayStation on, you get the big TV, and then your phone becomes this is where I draw my picture. Now. Oh, that's got to be difficult. That's no, it's hard. not too hard. You do it no? with your finger. It's it's okay. not it's not. Yeah, I mean the drawing I like old school Pictionary. The drawings looks. suck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but but it's but again, it's designed for that next generation that has this phone. Like we tried, like, yeah, I mean, if I tried pen and paper Pictionary with my family, trying to get them into a, into the dining room to play a game, they wouldn't do it. But if I said, all right, we're going to play, we're going to go on the computer, we're going to go on the, the TV and play some games, they might do it. But mm-hmm. I don't know. The, I just, I don't understand why Netflix has to think that it has to be in this space. I mean, we saw what happened with, uh, what was it, Google, yeah, Google Go- Stadia, and that yeah. was their cloud-based gaming platform. That- and they had a controller. Yeah, they had a controller. So they um, were trying to do it with the, the AAA games. But that's the thing. And, and if you think about it, Netflix, is it's also going to be cloud-based. So, again, it's going to depend on your, your internet yeah. uh, speed, your up and down. Um, so, again, it, it's they're, they're only going to be able to host maybe low-bandwidth games unless they've caught up in the cloud with you know processing for yeah, games. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like every time I think about my internet connection, I feel like... Um, I'm, I'm usually ahead of the curve, although hmm. my, my up and down speeds are not, um, the high end mm-hmm. where I could be, but they're also, uh, the same up and the same down because I'm on Fios. I'm on the fiber optic. Whereas I, I was, I was in a discussion group the other day and, and saw that, uh, another internet company that was still based in, on cable, was trying to get people to switch and you realize that you would get really great download speeds, but really awful upload speeds 
I was yeah. like, well, I'm not going to give up my, you know, I think I'm at 100, 100 at this point. Because it's really nice to upload videos to, you know, server or YouTube from, from your house. It's a lot, lot faster. The one, the one only other thing I am interested in this uh, Netflix uh, venture into gaming is if we look here at the bottom, as discussions with Take Two about licensing a game from the Grand Theft Auto series. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious as to what that's going to be about. What is interesting too, is that Netflix has taken a lot of its original programs. Like, like again, yeah, like, like you said that it's got franchises like squid game, Wednesday extraction, black mirror, and, and they building games from that. Yeah, that might be cool. But again, how they're going to pull that off. I know game development is so different from, Early two thousands you know, or TV TV yeah. development. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I think my, maybe Microsoft will do something. Although I think again, you and I've talked about this on the show as well. Cloud gaming, I think, is coming. I just don't know what it's going to look like and what company is going to going to dominate it or win at it e- because everyone right now is tied down to the hardware that they like. I mean, correct. Yes, I mean, we can say EVs are coming. <laughs> right. How many of us are driving EVs? Yeah, I know. Well, you know, you've got to be optimistic about the future and talk about technologies that someday we yeah, might have. Yeah, but I mean... You know, what, you know what else is coming soon, Chris? Flying cars? Sure. And uh, time machines, I heard, are, are, are coming at some point. We're all going to have DeLoreans and we're all going to be able to ch- change the time. Sure. Change, I, change uh, the past. What's the point I was just about to make? I'm sorry. Keith, see, this is what happens. This is uh, why I'm a crappy host. Um, it'll come back to you. Yeah, it'll come back. Okay, but, a couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay, so EVs. Yes. Right, you know, and how many of us are, are driving EVs? I, I think what's going to happen is they're going to put their focus on the wrong thing. Because I think we have to have the infrastructure first. Right. Like to have the cloud oh, structure I see. Okay. first. Yeah, it, I the see same the, I thing see with the analogy. EVs. Yeah. We're going to crank out EVs. We yep. just saw an article, either it was today or yesterday or the day before. I think it might have been yesterday. I don't know. But uh, Ford, the Ford F-150 Lightning. Yeah. They didn't sell. Yep. And even Elon Musk as was, much as was they thought they were gonna sell. surprised. Even Elon Musk, who... I think he did that. He's just trolling. I think, I think trolling. he knew. He knew. <laughs> he knew Ford wasn't going to sell a lot of Ford F-150 lines because look at the Cybertruck. How many Cybertrucks did he sell? He's if that's not, what it's called. He's not selling a lot. He's not selling a lot at all. Yeah. Because I think the market for people who want trucks, Pickup trucks right. are not going to spend that amount of money on a truck, right? So I, I think, again, Netflix is going to focus on the games. Like we got to get the games out. We got to get five, six, seven, eight, eight, eight games to start, but infrastructure is not going to be there. Does everybody have gigabit internet speed? Well, yeah, I mean, they're not aiming high with a super high end. Like they're not putting out Cyberpunk 2077 on Netflix. Sure, sure. But it's something to think about. All right. So speaking of hardware that people probably don't need or don't want, I know our audience isn't interested, but I'm still fascinated by this, this idea. Um, Meta a few weeks ago came out with its Quest 3 headset, uh, and they also came out with those smart Ray-Ban sunglasses. Um, this was a great story in The Verge this week. Uh, go back up to the, the, the headline. 
which is the metaglass holes have arrived. Um, you are a little bit too young to remember this. I'm not sure if this was happening while you were, you were may have been still in school, but when Google Glass came out, no, you remember Google Glass, right? Those were the, you know, the, the glasses that had a little thing in front of it and you could, it was a little tiny monitor and you could record video and things like that. Yeah. Right? Uh, I think I was working here. No, the- you were, you had just started. Like there was a craze and then it went away and then, and what, then we started focusing 2014, on 2015. Yeah. It was that, it was that 2014, 2013 timeframe yes, when yeah. Google glass came out. So Google strategy to try to get people to use this was to hand them out or send review copies to the Silicon Valley journalist community that was loved by the Silicon Valley Google people. Okay. And so one of those, the, the people that did this, that got one of these things was a guy named Robert Scoble. I think he, I mean, he's still around. He still does all his internet stuff and he's still a luminary in Silicon Valley. Um, but he basically ruined the whole Google glass movement by taking a picture of himself in the shower. Oh, Do you want to, did I send you that, that photo? It's in the, it's in the link there in the, or do you want me to slack that to you? I uh, just slack it. Okay. Um, uh, shoot. Well, it doesn't matter. I don't, I'm not. Um. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, do we really want to see him naked it, in the shower? It's 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 from the head <laughs> up. It's it's like, uh, let me. Yeah, sure. Okay, hold on. Let's. Here you go. It's a BuzzFeed story. <laughs> Which is great because this BuzzFeed story was this photo of a man showering with Google Glass will haunt you for the rest of your life. Okay, so that's the picture. Um, so that's Robert Scope. And apparently he was still doing it because he got a pair of Snapchat goggles a few years ago and he did the same thing because he thought that that would then funny. But a lot of people basically say that um, that ruined the idea of using these VR glasses. So this was a decade ago. So now what people are finding, all right, let's, let's not watch him anymore. Okay. <laughs> Go back to the, the other, the other verge story. So the term was glass hole. And that was someone who's a, who's an a-hole, but, um, because they're wearing these things in public. So the meta three comes out and you can see a picture of the guy there. And then I think that's in a mirror. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the little tablet thing where the guy's watching the Spider-Man animated movie, the, the most recent one. So that's the virtual display. And I think he was either in an elevator or waiting for an elevator or something like that. And so that's where they got that image from. Um, but someone also then went to a coffee shop. If you go down and scroll to that video, just play that video. This is now a video of a guy going into a coffee shop and again, that's the virtual display. So this is the augmented reality feature of these of the headset. And then he goes and he orders a coffee. Okay, hold on a minute. <laughs> okay. Hold on yeah, no, there's a lot to unwrap here. Like, okay, you're holding... You're with, not... With ho- your virtual hand. With your virtual hand. Yep. You're holding this screen. Yep. That looks like a tablet. And it's yep. like, well, what's the difference between this and holding your phone in front of your face? Well... Like what he's what they're what's being depicted here. I know. Keep playing. Like, are, are we the, okay? So now this is what the other people see. Yeah, they see so a man. They see a guy wearing this around. giant headset. And then, yeah, this is then him ordering the coffee. Now, some people say that this was kind of a stunt, and the the owner was happy. The owner of the coffee shop was fine because it, he's thinking it's going to give him some more customers. 
Um, but like again, just look at your phone. Like look down at your phone. Why? Why? Why bother putting on this headset? And uh, so there was there was another guy who walked around New York Comic Con with the headset on, and he was recording clips of strangers along the way while wearing it. Um, he also was mentioning some technical stuff about. Uh, warping happens when things are close to the headset. It wasn't that bad in terms of feeling disoriented, but what made things bad was when the HMD couldn't find an anchor for tracking. The effect was the video feed jumping back and forth or side to side when it got bad. Uh, Quest brought me back to the virtual environment. So people are testing it, but to the outside world, you just look like an idiot. You just look like, yeah, you know, somebody that shouldn't be wearing these things. I mean, maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. Maybe just I'm not. I'm just not the the right audience for this AR VR stuff. Yeah, and and I think most people. I mean, again, this is a feeling that most people aren't really interested. In this even even using these things in their home, they're they're not ready for it. And you know, when Apple comes out and says, "Well, pay us thirty five hundred dollars and we'll give you one of these things," it's like, but you're not going to be going outside with it. You're not going to be. This is the guy waiting for the elevator right, right. while watching the movie. Now, what's interesting is that I think when Meta made the announcement, because they also have sunglasses that do this, and so you won't be, you won't have this giant thing over your face. Instead, you'll just be wearing sunglasses, and it'll be able to record video. But I don't think it's going to be. I don't think you're going to have the augmented reality part of it. I might be wrong there too. Um, you know, and, and I guess concern. So the, what, what pissed off a lot of people 10 years ago was this idea of, of, well, you're invading my privacy or you're, you know, you're recording without my consent or there's all of these different legal issues. Uh, for the most part, most, most states, I think, in, in the federal government says that if you're in a public place, you have no expectation of privacy. So whatever you do out in public, yeah, you, you can be recorded. Um, and since the last, you know, over the last 10 years, so many people now have phones and are recording all the time anyway, oh, yeah. that if you're in a public space, you're going to be recorded, whether it's a right. security camera or just someone with their phone right. or social media TikTokers all the time, they're going to be doing stupid things. So, you know, that, that, that whole argument about privacy is, is out the window. So maybe people will be more tolerant of all these goofballs just walking around with these giant things on their head. Yeah. Jeez. Like this is what leads to dystopian. Again, because like when you look you know, at it, it's like worlds. if you look how the users are using the headset, they're using it to multitask in front of them. But it's like, yeah, you could just multitask with your phone. I mean, we already have a device that does that, right? It's our phone. You take out your phone, you look right. at it, you got apps and yeah, on it. And again, maybe it's and just then, me, and then you walk but, into a bus because you're paying attention to your phone instead of walking on the street and paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think maybe in a few years we're all going to be walking around a city street and we're going to be seeing all these people that either have the sunglasses on or they're going to be wearing these dopey ass headsets. I, I think maybe I think, one of them, you know, I'm, I really want to buy one of these. I think the matrix is becoming very, very plausible today. So maybe we really are living in a simulation, dude. Very soon. Yeah, we will be. Yeah. <laughs> well, we just, and, and then, and then Wally happens and we're all going to be sitting in these chairs and you and I are just going to have conversations and we might not even be in the same room and we might have a virtual studio. Who knows? We'll be eating the bugs and we're going to like it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Chris, thanks for catching us up on the news this week. Yeah, no problem. All right.
That's all the time we have for today's episode. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, add any comments below. Are we living in a virtual scenario system and we're all going to be VR headsetted for the rest of our lives? Just add those below. Join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.